in more breaking of a news, uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Phoenix is fired. Okay. Yeah, I gotta go, guys. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. That's Later. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No All right. Wow. Wow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Suns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Sider, and joined by co host Burning Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at East Sider. You can follow Burn on Twitter at Burning Clean 14. Also, follow our Locked On Suns Twitter page. You haven't already at Locked On PHX Suns. Your supporter is very much appreciated, as always. And we have a very special guest for you guys today. It's been a little bit, and very excited to have on the former host of Locked On Suns doing bigger and better things now over Arizona Sports. Just recently had a Phoenix Rising podcast star as well. Kellen Olson, how are you doing today? What's up, man? Yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy to say the least. You guys doing good? Yeah, definitely. How long are we going to be able to introduce you as the former host of this show? I feel like yeah, it's like, like years, ancient, yeah. ancient news at this point. No, always, dude. I want the legacy of my Locked On episodes and like the dozen of them that I did laying down without anyone knowing because I recorded them by myself. Uh, <laughs> moments to live on forever. They're in the feed. You have receipts. <laughs> All right. Well, just to let the listeners know, we are are trying to go big picture on this one. So we brought Kellen on to do our each me, Evan, and Kellen's three biggest questions of the offseason. So we didn't talk about it beforehand. I kind of just told everybody, pick your three biggest things and we'll see how uh, how much they overlap so maybe we're completely interpreting that question differently maybe we all said the same exact thing but i guess we can see so why don't why don't you go first kellen guest guest start us off and we'll see where this goes so so my first one is super broad and probably covers a lot of what we're going to talk about and i figured it kind of just open the discussion everything but my my main question for them is can they get can they acquire, draft, trade, sign, whatever? Can they get an above-average player to add to this group? I'm not counting Kelly Oubre, but obviously that's that's like looking at a power forward potentially. That's looking at a point guard potentially, whether that's signing one or trading one. Or I think Zion is like the only guy you could say where they draft him and he would be an above-average player right away. Um, but yeah, that that's mine, and I'll, I'll kind of leave it to you guys to kind of discuss like maybe where you think that's the most likely to occur. Because I think that's the more fascinating part. I'm not sure if getting a point guard is actually going to be easier, but the power forward group is actually pretty dry too. When you look pretty much everywhere. Before before I dive into your question, Kellen, my first one actually overlaps yours really well as well. It's pretty much just like I think we all agree that May 14th probably decides the route that the Suns are going here. Because if they get Zion, it changes everything. If they get the second pick, it's probably John Moran, even though we're all pretty split on him right now. Third pick, who knows? It's RJ Barrett trade the pick. I feel like. We really won't know the Suns' plans until then because I feel like I have to imagine James Jones and Jeff Barrett have a sheet where they have plan A if they get Zion, plan B for John Morant, plan C for a trade. I think they have stuff up their sleeve, and I feel like whatever happens May 14th is going to definitely decide that. That's a lot of uh, organization that you're giving them credit for. I, I, I like <laughs> I it. I like that, that, you're, that you're expecting so much out of them. But, yeah, I mean, so, Kellen, did you – were you thinking about the draft when you when you put that together, or were you really thinking spending money on a veteran? Uh, it it kind of goes with what I've talked about a lot with TJ Warren, actually, oddly enough, because I think that his 
the timeline of like how could he I wrote about this recently on ArizonaSports.com like how could he actually wind up with the Suns I think there's a couple of check marks um, but but for him it's more of like how does draft night pan out for them and that goes back to what Evan was just talking about where if they pick third instead of seventh the third pick is going to be easier to trade or the fourth pick or the second pick or whatever it is but if they land at like six or seven it has a little less value, but does that make it easier to trade? Or do you have to throw on someone like TJ Warren when you don't necessarily want to, or do they want to? Um, I, I kind of go to the draft first and then free agency is, is the same thing, right? Where if they get the, if they agree to a deal with one of those types of players, do they get rid of TJ Warren in, in order to just open up the spot to sign that player once they agree to a, a deal with, with that player? I, I think that, the easiest way to go about it is trading because they just have the assets to get it done. They can give up this year's pick, obviously, and then a first round pick in like 2021. And then Josh and Ellie, that was kind of the framework of what I suggested for Drew Holiday in that post that I wrote. But uh, I don't even think it has to be someone like an all-star caliber player. I'm just asking for someone that's like pretty decent. Like I would, I would classify, I would classify someone like Aaron Gordon in that list for sure, but we don't know what's going to happen with Orlando. They're, they're a huge mystery this off season. Um, obviously in free agency, there's a guy like Nikola Mirotic, but I think that he's going to get a lot of money from a good team. And I think he'd rather take a lot of money from a good team than a bad team. Uh, but I don't think, I think, I think point guard is the one where it's more, more likely for a trade. And I think that power forward is actually where you can maybe get that guy in free agency. I don't know how we all feel about that young, but I, I think he like just about squeaks that barrier of being a quote unquote above average NBA player, maybe like right around there. I don't know what, what names yeah. that kind of came to mind when I first said that, Evan. I think pretty much for me, I mean, what popped in my head was trade scenarios. And like you mentioned, Aaron Gordon's the top name for me if they don't get a guy like Zion. And I wanted to get your gauge on this, Colin, because I've seen some names tossed around as far as if they land, let's say, fifth, sixth, or seventh, which has a 33% chance of happening. Only Zion has like a 14% chance of happening at this point. I think what some names like Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry – what do you think about those guys as far as the maybe the fifth, sixth, or seventh pick? Because I know James Jones, he had a quote midseason saying that they didn't really want guys throwing up up. But when you see the point guard market and you see Dave Griffin's comments as well about Drew Holiday, I feel like maybe the point guard market might be better than we think if they don't get, let's say, a John Morant or if they go for a Terry Rozier, which I, I hope it doesn't happen, but who knows? Yeah, and to kind of like uh... – cheat ahead a bit one of my other questions my, my third question is how easy or hard is it going to be for them to make trades we'll talk about like josh and tj later but it ties into this question too like how theoretically if they actually want drew holiday or they want mike conley or they want kyle lowry or they want aaron gordon how easy is it going to be for them to execute that trade and that comes down to, of course like what the other team wants what the suns have and if that that team even wants to deal that guy and and to me that's why I have been telling people who have been asking me what I think they're going to do this offseason. My first answer is like, I, I was always like, I have no idea because there's so many different possibilities that can happen. But I think by default, the most likely thing is that they just re-sign Kelly Oubre, draft someone third or fourth overall, and they come back with the starting lineup that they rolled with when they played their best. I think you had the the net rating stats on the Tyler Johnson, Booker, Oubre, um, Aiton and Bridges lineup and and something like that rolling out next year wouldn't be that surprising and I, I don't think that's a huge loss for the Suns if that happens but it's just it's not exactly what needs to happen it would just be it would be a disappointment but not a, I don't think it would be an absolute travesty if, if it did happen because it, it isn't an easy spot that they're in this is not they don't have 40 million dollars in cap space like so many other teams are going to have yeah I think it's pretty clear 
talking through this and looking kind of again as the summer actually started, resetting kind of how I was thinking about their situation cap-wise and everything, they're going to have to make a trade. I mean, to clear up money to get a free agent or to just go get a guy in the trade, it's almost impossible to imagine them going through the summer not doing that if they want to upgrade the talent, you know? So, and and most likely that's going to include TJ Warren. So I think you're right. And we'll get into it later to ask how easy that's going to be and what kind of value some of those guys might have. But I think it's, it's going to be harder than fans think, unfortunately, Um, especially when you talk about resigning some of the guys already on the roster And if you do want to keep Tyler Johnson, that complicates things as well. I think almost to a certain degree, how well they played with the guys that you just mentioned in that five-man unit after the trades might, hopefully doesn't, but might marry them to those two too much. I mean, I don't know, but that kind of, I want to transition into my question because it's pretty similar. It's the closest of my three to what we're talking about now, which is a little more, uh, X's and O's to a certain extent. And it's what does it look like when Devin Booker goes back to a smaller role? So, you know, that kind of plays into if they were to really upgrade at point guard, what what it, what does it look like? We haven't seen it in a, such a long time. He's gotten so much better from a skill and athleticism perspective since he played alongside Eric Bledsoe. I just am fascinated to see kind of how he's used and what he's able to do once he's not the guy handling the ball for 35 possessions you know, 35% of their possessions every night. Brendan, let me, let me counter back to you real quick. Cause I feel like Booker's max ceiling, as far as like, if he reaches an all NBA ceiling, I feel like it's almost like a primary ball handler, so to say, like not point Booker, but it's like a James Harden type of role where he's going to have a usage above 30, maybe close to 35%. I feel like just cause he's such a dynamic scorer and he's going to want the ball in his hands so many, so many times just, how do you build around Booker at this point? Because like you mentioned, his playmaking has gotten so much better in the past year or so. It's rapidly advanced, in my opinion. Try to get better even more next year once he gets into his max contract. What's your opinion as far as Booker goes? Because I don't think he's just purely a guy who you can just run around like Clay Thompson around screen and stuff like that. I feel like with Igor's system especially, I feel like he's going to be a, a guy who even more so once the system is more intricate and more known by everyone else on the team. I feel like he's going to have even more of a playmaking role once they have a established guy next to him. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear what Kellen thinks about this too, but I kind of, you know, was framing this more next season. So next season, I would imagine, you know, if, if Tyler Whoa. is in more breaking of a news, uh, breaking news, breaking news, Phoenix is fired. Yeah. yeah I got to go guys. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. That's Later. Yeah. yeah. No All right. Wow. Before we get into the craziness of the Sun suddenly on the market for what feels like their 15th coach during Devin Booker's career, but is more accurately just the fifth, want to tell you guys about the Wise Indoor Camera. Been telling you about it for a while. It's actually something that I feel like somebody should have taken advantage of a long time ago. So credit to the Wise guys. I did not mean to do that for coming up with such a cool product. They take advantage of pretty simple technology, technological innovation and and packaged it in a very affordable $20 camera for you to get that peace of mind leaving your home when you normally wouldn't have. So they have 1080p full HD, night vision, 
two-way audio, eight times digital zoom through the Wise app that you can see in a live stream to your phone. And with that live stream, you're going to get a free rolling 14-day storage. That's not for a subscription fee. That is everything that's included for just $20 per camera when you go to Wise. That means you can leave your home to strangers, whether that's somebody working on your home, maybe that's children who you don't trust, uh, not your own, but your kids have some friends over and you're not quite sure if that's uh, the kid that you want at your home, check on everything they're doing. Just that peace of mind that you normally don't have, Wise is there to give it to you. To take advantage of the extremely low price of just $20 per camera, go to wise.com, that's W-Y-Z-E.com, slash LockedOnNBA. Again, W-Y-Z-E.com slash LockedOnNBA. Before we officially move on, I wanted to remind you guys about the Himalaya Podcast app. If you have not already, if you have not made it part of your routine, go check out the Himalaya app. Find our show, find Locked on NBA, subscribe to both of those, get your collection started, and then start to peruse, see what else they have going on there. Check out whatever you normally listen to. Check out some of the exclusive content over at Himalaya. Take advantage of their nice interface that they've developed and put out for all of you. It's a great way to support our network, support our show, and uh, it's, a, it's a great service as well. All right, so as you guys heard, we reacted. We found out at the same time as all of you, except for we were recording a podcast. The Suns have fired Coach Igor Kokoshkov here a week and a half after they first had the opportunity to do so, and about two months after we first heard that they wanted to. Um, Evan and I have made our opinions known about if they should have, but now they've done it and parted ways, so... We are going to transition. Kellen had to go right and probably prep for tomorrow radio hits and, and all that because he has a real job. But <laughs> what was your reaction, Evan? I mean, this is pretty crazy. This is almost 1 a.m. Eastern time. This is almost 10 p.m. here. And here we go. The Suns are officially on the market for a coach after one season with Igor Kokoshkov. Just to let people on behind the scenes here, I'm locked on Suns real quick. I'm sure we'll reschedule later this week, but we are actually recording a podcast with Kellen Wilson midway through, and this broke, and we all kind of had the same reaction here, but we kind of, we had to go our separate ways because we all had to get going on stories, but Brent, uh, just all pure reaction. I know this might be a hot take if they get a good name or something like that, but a meter reaction here, I think this is a mistake. This is Devin Booker's fifth coach in, in five years. This is Josh Jackson's third coach in two years. If he stays around, just this franchise needs stability, Brennan, and they continue to just not do that. And it's very concerning for me. And to my point now, I'm just, unless they consulted Devin Booker and just like, Hey, you were me and him just weren't connecting well personally. Like he didn't really know what he was doing. I just don't, I'm kind of speechless. I just don't know what they're doing right now. And this just really worries me for what's to come for the offseason unless they, Knock it out of the park. I'm immediate names of Ken in mind before we record on the air here were um, Mark Jackson, Dave Yeager. But is that really a big enough upgrade over Igor for just stability? Like, that's what they need right now. And especially for this young core, I, I'm kind of shocked. I'm shocked as well, of course. Uh, and not so much that they did it because we, we've been guessing that this was obviously one of the top considerations. We've done several shows talking about how likely it might be and what, what could 
what the fallout might be afterward. And I'm just mostly surprised to wait until now. I mean, it's not like there's coaches that were out there that have gotten scooped up. We've seen one team hire a coach. You know, Memphis is still looking. There will probably be more to come. Um, the Lakers are still looking, but I just I don't understand what 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 did they what, what have they been doing? You know, they hired Jeff Bauer two weeks ago. They finished their season two weeks ago. We're, what, what were we waiting for? What what did we not know? What did the the organization not know about the performance that Igor Kokoshkov put together to this week this year, which was which by his own admission was a failure. What did we learn? What did we have to wait for? I mean, it's maybe it's picking nits to 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 be frustrated with the timing because maybe it doesn't ruin anything. Maybe they have something in the works and and they have all along, but it just seems very another uh, symbol of poor poor organization, poor management on the part of the franchise to go into the off season and then two weeks later things kind of pivot once again. Yeah, I just don't know where to go. We were kind of alluding to this in the past two weeks, and ironically enough, we just, on the last episode of Locked on Something Saturday, Greg Moore, I asked the question in the show, are you surprised, I asked both of you this question, that they haven't publicly backed Yuri Kokoshkov yet, and I guess I was foreshadowing for what's to come 40 hours later because he got fired, and I just don't understand, if you're going to do that, why not do it, like you were mentioning, just before we even had the chance to see him at the press conference, like the end of season media, like you let them there just hanging out to dry to the media, in my opinion, asking him questions about the future. And I think uh, Greg was on the sun there. I mean, you could tell he really didn't know what was going to happen there, but Jeff Bauer must've had some James. It must've just been a rhyme and done a hire, but ooh, I, I really don't know where to go from here. I don't know either. It, it just strikes me. It's a similar conversation to right. what we've been having. I'm going to break up this more woes. I'm going to leave, read right on the air here. It says, Suns have planned to bring Koshka back for a second season, especially their team's stronger play in late stages of the season. Koshka has been a well-respected tactician. He becomes another victim of the constant turbo in Phoenix. So, once again, well, seems we got like- a woge. We got a, a, a storm coming if he starts getting opinionated. We saw what happened with the Lakers. No, I mean, if I'm just not reading the wording too much here, it seems like it's just a, once again – a whim of the moment decision a couple weeks later, like, Oh, are we going to do it or not? Oh, uh, wakes up Monday morning. Well, I guess we should just fire our coach. It just seems like that's according to what Woj is saying here. It kind of was really short-sighted. Maybe I, I don't know. Just I'm not, let me get your pans on the tweet here because it just seems like I'm not, maybe I'm reading too much in his wording here, but it, it wasn't really a, a thought out plan in my opinion. It feels that way. I think we're going to probably continue to get more and we can update as we go probably better to just do it this way rather than wait until all the fallout's done and then try to re-record so bear with us if you are kind of noticing the chaos obviously you will all have gone through it live reaction on the podcast yeah very very much very much live but yeah i think it's pretty clear right i mean that's what we were just speaking to is if this was a plan if this was something that they had uh, known they wanted to do for a while a they probably hired joe prunty for if not the reason of taking over as the interim coach directly to be somebody who they could trust to be around if things went south. And we first heard from Gambo the the Monday after the all-star break, that this was something that the Suns were considering. And if you had been thinking about it all the way back then, you should have done it then. And B, 
if you felt like he wasn't your guy, then do it the the moment the season ends. You know, it it just it does reek of of another half baked idea. And what I was saying before the most recent tweet was it, it it's it's along the same lines as what we had talked about when it came to the general manager search or you know a front office role is what what guy what what candidate around the league would look at this situation and have any desire at all for it even compared to rosters and you know cities that are less desirable than the core that the Suns have put together and and being able to live in Phoenix all the things we know are appealing here the ownership factor and the chaos factor have just drowned out anything that you would look at as intriguing or exciting about this this franchise period any job you would want to take and the coach falls right into that the idea that they're going to turn around pivot and find somebody better to me is a joke and I think that's why well it always made so little sense my do I think Igor Koshkov is a hall of fame NBA coach probably not but he was helpful in many ways that we can document and we have documented and and he signified something that you know, you could grow from and, and had a mind for basketball that I think the guys really learned to respect as the season went on. And, you know, whatever guy comes through, we, we can expect to be very inexperienced, very young and underpaid just as always. And the, 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 the possibility of that being an upgrade to me just seems like a long shot. Yeah. I guess we should just dive into some, some thoughts here on some candidates. I mean, once again, we're on the coaching mode for the third straight year for the Phoenix Suns and, who are some names to stand out to you? Because I, I brought up just the top two candidates that came to mind for me, Dave Yeager and Mark Jackson, just because I feel like they kind of hit what James Jones is looking for. But maybe Brett Brown. I mean, I doubt it, but maybe if they're thinking about, hey, he's going to be fired if they lose to the Celtics or if they lose to the Raptors. It seems like they have to have a plan here. I mean, from a, according to Logan's tweet, like I said, it seems like they don't really have a plan right now. But any ideas you think, Brendan? I think that anybody's guess is as good as ours. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that I want Dave Yeager around. Um, I was pretty interested in it when the Kings first parted ways with him. And then the more that I thought about why the Kings parted ways with him, the less desirable that became. Uh, he's just a guy who, regardless of the situation, seems to constantly want more of a say and, and kind of more control over things which is an understandable thing for a coach to want but rarely ever actually happens and I think the best coaches kind of have to know their place and and earn that respect from the front office and develop that relationship so especially in Phoenix where we know things kind of who has power who has the final say can kind of change at a moment's notice and always will come back to Robert Sarver it doesn't seem like Yeager would be quite happy here I think all the usual candidates that we've talked about in the past are going to be the guys that I would lean toward and a lot of them have already been mentioned in other searches. That's, you know, Monty Williams, Mark Jackson, guys who have taken good, good young cores to higher, you know, higher reaches. Brett Brown, if, if he does end up leaving, although now they're basically a lock to get them the second round over in Philly. So I don't know if that's a possibility anymore, but maybe we should take a break and then regroup and, and try to see where things go from here. Is that cool? That is a great idea. Before we go on to our next time here, diving into the live breaking news here of Yurka Koshkov being fired as the Phoenix Suns head coach, I want to tell you guys really quickly about the Locked On NBA Twitter account. If you haven't already done so, go and give us a follow here on at Locked On NBA Net, especially with the playoffs going on, especially now with this Yurka Koshkov news, the Suns are back on the coaching mill. What's going to happen with the Phoenix Suns? What's going to happen with the playoffs? It's definitely 
an interesting time around here in Phoenix now, especially. Tune in and follow us at Locked on NBA Net. I want to also tell you guys, as always, to check out what's going on at Homie. If you enjoy saving money, which I would assume just about everybody does, unless you have a ton of it lying around, in which case, ignore this ad. But everybody else, please tune in. And, and if you have not already, go look into Homie. They can sell your home for just $1,500. That's listing fee and closing fee altogether, $1,500 to sell your home. That means that on average, homey customers are saving over 10 grand. No matter where you live, no matter what your house looks like, where you're moving, $10,000 is going to be the average. So if you're going big, you're going to save even more than that. Homey can also help you qualify for a $5,000 buyer refund to help with the closing costs, just tacking on extra money here and there to make the process cheaper for you, make that experience of finally getting into your dream home happy the way that it should be right you're worked all your life to get into this position and sometimes it can feel like you're getting screwed because the people put in place to help you don't always have you in mind and i think that is what stands out looking through and telling you guys so often about homie is having those people who you really feel like have your back to learn more about my friends at homie please text the word sons that's s-u-n-s the team that does not have a head coach to 88588. Again, that's Suns to 88588. Brendan, we have more Woj breaking news. All right, let's go for it. All right. Here's a factor in the timing of Kokoshkov's dismissal. So this should be our second segment here. The Suns are planning to target Philadelphia 76 assistant Monty Williams. Lakers are planning to have a second interview with Williams soon. So Pretty much James Jones is trying to bump ahead of the Lakers and hire Monty Williams for a second interview. So they fired Igor for Monty Williams and possibly. Your thoughts? Yeah, the possibly part is the key there, right? I mean, if unless they've already sent feelers and have a good indication that he's interested, it could backfire. But I, I think that's better, right? If, if they actually had a plan, that's what we just said. That's obviously tremendous. And I think another point in the Williams uh, category would be he has a history with Jeff Bauer. That's the coach who Bauer, Bauer hired and was the guy who uh, coached the tail end, if I remember correctly, of Chris Paul's time there and then was the, the coach who took Anthony Davis to the playoffs the first time around when they got swept by the Golden State Warriors. But that team, Pelicans team, was far ahead of schedule and was a pretty fun matchup in that first round. He's a very respected coach and only is not a head coach currently because his wife passed away pretty suddenly a few years back and he took some time away and then worked his way back. So that would be honestly to me even better than Mark Jackson. I think he's the kind of guy who will be a very good communicator, pretty opposite of Igor if you're really trying to pivot that way and get a guy who's, who's pretty significantly different. But what do you think? I mean, he's not a guy we know a ton about because he hasn't been coaching recently, but I think he's very well respected. You kind of hear his name every time an opening pops up. Yeah, for sure. And like you mentioned, I think the Jeff Bauer thing is a very, very big point here. And I think that could play a huge part in it. And then probably maybe leapfrogging the Lakers in this process because Monty Williams had arguably his best careers as a coach under Jeff Bauer's leadership, those two together before arguably Bauer um, did Bauer fire Monty Williams or was that after Bauer? No, Bauer, yeah, Bauer was gone. And then um, whoever Dell Demps fired Monty okay, Williams. So he did hire Monty Williams though. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I figured so, but, um, that's what makes sense to me is that you connect those dots and it makes a lot more sense off the surface there. And I don't know if James Jones is a connection with him, but especially with USA basketball ties with Monty Williams, I feel like he's just a much more respected coach. And I don't know if this plays a factor or not, but do you think maybe free agents or, I mean, if you walk in a room with Monty Williams to Iker Kosh Cup, does it make a difference? I think it, it definitely, you know, if, if this, if we're trying to piece together a theme for the off season, if it's fair to do that at this point, um, which we, you know, is getting ahead of ourselves to some degree, but uh, you think about the, the desperate need on the part of the Suns to, to get that kind of respect back. Right. I think that, that really damned them in a lot of ways and maybe parting ways with a coach one year in at face value doesn't help that. But I would say that if you land a, a very um, re- renowned might be a strong word, but somebody who, who help, who has a high esteem in this league, I think that that does kind of like with the Bauer hire start to get you a little bit closer to a spot where you're actually kind of getting somewhere with, with casual people around the league, free agents, other coach, you know, assistant coaches or front office people. I think, you know, putting Bauer and Williams in, in place, having Jones there promoting Jones, it, it does start to look a little bit more stable. Now we can't trust any of that, but Williams would be the kind of guy that I, I do think would make an impact, you know, free agent meetings, who knows what specifically, but uh, I, I do think that that helps. He, he, so he, he did coach at the end of Chris Paul's tenure there. So he was 46 and 36 in his first season. Then they went into a little bit of a rebuild, got Anthony Davis, and then he built them up from 21 wins at rock bottom all the way back up to 45 when he helped them in New Orleans make make the playoffs his last season. Actually got fired after making the playoffs, which is pretty wild to think about. But that's that's nice. I mean, that's exactly the trajectory the Suns are hoping to take. Yeah, I mean, you hope so at this point. I mean – Igor got some development out of these guys. I think Monty Williams is that springboard coach where it's finally stability. I mean, we're assuming things here. You can easily see Monty Williams. I think and let's just be in Monty Williams' head for, for a second. I know it's hard to get in that and really impossible to do so. But if he's offered the Lakers job, I think he's taken that over the Suns job. I was just thinking about that. I, it just depends on his priorities. I think there's a lot of reasons not to take the Lakers job. You know, it's pretty similar degree of chaos over there. Yeah, I mean, they're both chaotic situations right now, to be honest. It just depends on if he wants to be in a position where he's working with young guys, you know, developing, helping to grow something, helping to be part of uh, kind of he, – he's going to have to agree and commit to whoever it is. Let's, you know, even getting past Williams, whoever it is will have to commit to being a, a part of stabilizing things. So I think that that's – takes a a certain type of person, as we were saying before, somebody who understands what they're getting into and is okay with it. Is that Williams? I mean, neither of us have any way to know that, but I don't think the Lakers thing is a no brainer. This is awesome. It actually, you know, not even we have had no reason to talk about this. So I guess I don't have the, the backing to, to prove myself, but I, I genuinely was questioning as the Lakers, showed their interest in Williams, why that job would be the one he would want to after his wife passing away and him taking very concerned kind of cautious approach, getting back into the NBA, why he would dive back in with that job. 
So I really was wondering about that. And, and I guess here's now an alternative for him if he wants to take it. Let me ask you this angle. I'm kind of pivoting for a second here. Maybe this we can tie them both in here. But two reasons I'm coming in. There's more immediate reaction here as I'm digesting this news here live on the air here on Locked on Suns. Just it seems like the two possibilities for me why Igor might have been fired. Do you think maybe the utilization of DeAndre Aiden? Do you think that's one of the main reasons why? Because I know there was some concern about utilization of DeAndre Aiden. He was not getting much post touches. Do you feel like maybe it's the offense that they that maybe ownership and James Jones didn't like? Maybe it was unfinished results there? Or the second part of my question here is, well, we can tie him in here. Do you think Monty Williams is more of a win-now head coach that maybe we should pay more attention to the lottery now, even if they get the first or second pick, that they could try to somehow just randomly get in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes for some reason? Well, of course. I mean, we already know Suns Reddit, the bright side comments will be going crazy with the Williams-Davis connection, but let's not get ahead of ourselves, even if Williams is is hired. But uh, to your larger point, um, I would say I, I think it is – so to, to go back to why Igor may have been dismissed, I would say more, – More live reaction here. This isn't Woj, but it's just Earl Watson. He just tweeted okay. – what with uh, about six question marks? Uh, I don't know why he's so surprised. He yeah, got fired three games into the year. He should be. He should be like, "Yep, sounds right." <laughs> but sorry to cut you off there, Catania. My bad. No, it's fine. But Igor, I think it's it, it's probably a combination of a bunch of things. But I would go back to uh, big picture. I would say it's what Robert Sarver said on the radio when he fired Ryan McDonough. That switch was supposed to flip. They convinced themselves somehow that, you know, Trevor Ariza and a year of development from everyone else was going to be enough to put them in the honeymoon Cinderella Kings situation. And that was never going to happen. But I think that's, you know, not to oversimplify things. Of course, there's little reasons why we're in this, why we're in this position now. But I would say at, at, at the most basic level, I think Sarver and, maybe even Jones overestimated what this group was capable of. And now McDonough and Kokoshkov had paid the price because I'm not going to buy. I mean, we can do it for certain things. And as time passes, there'll be more ways to point to individual decisions and, and place blame on one guy or the other, but I'm not buying things that McDonough did while Jones was around as, Oh, that was a McDonough thing. You know, if you're, if you're there, then you get, you get blamed for it too. You know, they, he, if he had, if it was a problem to hire Igor, then I don't think it happens. You know, Jones has to sign off on it. Sarver has to sign off on it. So this is a mistake in my book. This is them going back on a decision that they made just 12 months ago and not having a necessarily a, a plan to, to recoup that value. And that, that's more of the same. Yeah. It's just really shocking to me, just the more I digest it and, I don't know. It just seems like we're back to square one again, where I'm hopeful. I mean, if it's Monty Williams, let me ask you this. I, I apologies if you already covered it in some of your answers here, but just a more direct thought here. Do you think Monty Williams is enough in an upgrade where you overhaul the coaching staff once more and you put Monty Williams in Igor's spot? Do you feel like the players, do you think it's a player thing at this point? Cause I'm just trying to connect some dots here and just why Igor was let go. And there's, you have Earl Watson, you have Jay Triano, you have Igor in three straight years, no stability. And Monty Williams better be a, I'm sign, I mean, signing a very uh, hard ink contract where he cannot get out of his contract in three or four years because 
at this point, if this next coach is not have stability, then I have no idea what we're doing here. Agree. I mean, I don't know. And, and I think we're going off of money for, to a certain degree, because we want it to be, we want them, we want this to seem more planned out than it might be. And I think it's their intention to get Monty Williams. But like I said, unless they have pretty hard evidence that he has interest mutually, I don't necessarily think it. And I would say, as we mentioned, talking to Greg a little bit in our episode about the coaching stuff, uh, they need to, whoever it is, I, I was vouching for this even when it was Igor, that person needs to have control over their assistant staff just as you would do for a front office person. And they didn't really, haven't really done that in the front office. Jones is not hiring Kevin Love's brother or whoever to come be in the front office, but it's important if you want a, a veteran coach to come in, I think you need to let him have that control. So I do think it's worth overhauling if you do it the right way, but uh, it remains to be seen if that's going to happen. Before we go into our last segment, I want to talk a little bit about how this decision might have come about a little bit more and thinking about Devin Booker and the amount of control or input he might have had and kind of from a player perspective what this means. But uh, one last thing here just to kind of top off how ridiculous and commonplace this all has become the sun's firing Igor is bullet point number three on the top headlines of ESPN right now it doesn't even matter they're like yep one more time let's let's see what happens here it's not even news yeah it just it's kind of sad at this point I mean and like I like we've been saying here if it's a good hire and it pays off next year we'll be eating our words because we've been Igor advocates this whole time we if you guys remember during the the coaching when they when they fired Jay Triano, or I mean they didn't really fire him, his contract expired or as the interim coach, but before they even hired him, we said Igor is a top target. And unfortunately, we only got a one year of him. They had a great run with everyone healthy. Really, at this point, the more I think about Brandon, what's one word you describe right now? Just the the situation, because I think for me right now, I think it's just confusion. Unless they already have a Monty Williams deal set up and signed in the next forty eight hours. I'm going to be confused. And then maybe at that point, no coach is hired by the end of this week. Pretty dumbfounded. I think that's, you know, that sums it up for me. I just, it, it doesn't, uh, it definitely does not smell of care, care and very uh, considerate planning. (laughs) You know, I mean, let's hope Jeff, let's hope this is, Jeff Bauer and James Jones making their imprint and getting their guy and doing what needs to be done. But uh, like you said, I, the next few days will, will definitely kind of tell us what, which one it is, but I hear actually one sec. I can, do you want to do another segment or do you want to end it there and have the stuff from Kellen at the beginning? How do you want to do it? Cause I can edit it around. I mean, I'm going to have to a ton anyway, so. Um, that, I'll leave that up to you. That's up to you at this point because okay, we might as well just end it there and we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about moving forward. We can, we'll probably do more on Wednesday on this or if something happens sooner. So yeah, no problem. We can just, and then uh, I'll just record an ad for the last, the first segment after Kellen when I am in the edit. All right. For sure. You just want, we can just redo that. We can just have our closing thoughts here for the last few minutes. Okay. You can reset things. Just go when you're ready. Already cool. And three, two, and one. Like we were saying, they're just confusion and dumbfoundedness is kind of 
I think the buzzwords right now for us here on Locked On Suns. But Brendan, any closing thoughts here? I know we've first time ever. I know it's been almost two, two and a half years at this point, but breaking news live on the podcast. And what a way to actually break news because that's I we don't think we ever expected this last year. And we kept saying continuity, continuity, continuity. The Suns do not believe in continuity at this point. They are letting go of your Koshkov. It's going to be Dev Booker's fifth coach in fifth, five years. Monty Williams, already from Woj, is the reporter favorite. Any closing thoughts here from you? I would say, um, <laughs> yeah, see, I can't even, like, put together thoughts. No, I, I, I think it, it speaks to how unexpected this was, as I'm sure anyone listening to this will sympathize with, that we, we all, I mean, Kellen and you and I all would have had to do something for this if it had happened normally. And we were so far away from thinking that it would go down that we all planned to do a podcast together talking about free agency and whatever the heck else. So no, I don't think we, we can say anything definitively now. I think we've, we've said all that needs to be said and I would appreciate, I do appreciate everybody for kind of bearing with us as we go through the motions. I hope you, feel through our uh recording of of how surprised we were as well maybe maybe you guys aren't i think we've been probably on a different side than most fans when it comes to this so maybe maybe fans are just yep just like we thought so maybe you guys have been right maybe we owe you one yeah this was as we're all of our reactions you're going to get here on on this podcast and we're going to throw in actually the first, our original podcast before the Jeff Bauer news made us scatter away. So you guys will enjoy the very the last few seconds of that podcast where we all got the news there at the same time. I think it was pretty funny. But overall, just a very confusing night, a very shocking night here on a Monday, April 22nd. The Suns have once again fired their head coach, this time Ear Kakoshka after a 19 win season. So, Brendan, we're going to regroup and get back on the coaching mill tire. Are you ready? Here we go. Once more. Unto the breach. All righty, guys. Appreciate you listening in. We're going to have you guys, as always, glued into this news, so stay tuned to Walk on Sun.